0: You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk
1: show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi,
0: And welcome to Orange County's longest running business talk show. I am your host, Rick Franzi, and we have an outstanding show planned for you today. Why do you ask? Because Anne Devine is our guest. She's the president and CEO of Janus Electric, and welcome to the program. Thanks, Rick. Happy to be here. I'm excited to have you on the program. And uh, let's start with your story. Why did you decide at this point in your career to join Janus Electric?
1: So that's a great question. So um, coming out of the traditional automotive industry um, in the Midwest, got the opportunity um, with Janus. Um, and really, it was their their product and their approach to the zero emissions that um, was exciting to me. So one is everybody's moving towards the zero emission and that race of how to get there. Um, but Janus and what they do with trucks and heavy duty trucking um, kind of hit home for me. I grew up in San Pedro um, by the port of Los Angeles and Long Beach, <laughs> and um, then moved to the Midwest and went traditional automotive and then relocated back here to the area. And really, having that opportunity to make an impact on the trucks that service the ports and seeing what that can do to improve the air quality in the area that I grew up in um, really meant something to me. And um, it, Janice's approach to to the zero emissions is a little bit unique in that a different respect than what other OEMs
0: are doing for heavy duty trucks. And I want to get into that in a minute, but before I do, I'm still how did they how did you find them or how did they find you?
1: No, so great question. So um, I had been a COO of a company called Romeo Power. Uh, we made the battery packs for commercial trucks. Um, Nikola was our main customer and the Nikola truck. Uh, Nikola acquired Romeo Power. And um, so that part of that was the executives were exited from the business. And our former uh, chairman of the board at Romeo Power had been talking with um, Janus Electric in Australia. And they had mentioned that they wanted to bring the business to the US. And he said, oh, well, geez, you guys need to talk to Anne. So um, so he put us in contact, and uh, they happened to be out here in Santa Monica from Australia. Had a meeting with them, and um, we hit it off great. And the rest is history, I guess.
0: Is that how you got back to Southern California? Then?
1: Yeah, so I came out with Romeo Power. Um, okay. They were um, based in, in Cypress, California, out here in, in Orange County.
0: And you said you were in Indiana?
1: Yeah, okay. so I was living in Dyer, Indiana, so a suburb of Chicago. I was about forty-five minutes south of Chicago. How long? So I lived there for about ten years, mm-hmm. and then before that, I was in the Detroit area for um, over fifteen years.
0: So, what's it feel like to be back in Southern California after? Oh, living you can't
1: in this? beat the weather, except this winter has been a little bit odd. But, um, yeah. I, you know, it's great to come back. Um, you know, my sister still lives in the area. I've got friends from high school in the area. Um, and then my parents and my my brother um, aren't too far away. They moved um, to uh, the Las Vegas area. So it's been been great um being back. I feel like I coming home thirty years later and then getting my children having that experience to to um, finish their education here in California and uh, get to see a little bit of like where their mom grew up.
0: Oh, that's so cool. That's great. So I, I I'm always interested in the person that's on the show in addition to the position that you hold. And I'm wondering, in the time that you've been with Janice in your role, mm-hmm. uh, what have you learned? Uh,
1: yeah, so we'll say life at a startup is not for the faint of heart. So <laughs> um, I've, I've learned a lot about um, the entrepreneurial process and how to start a C Corp, how to you know set up a business bank account, how to come up with your financial plan, how to build a customer base. And with Janus um, being a startup here in the U.S., it's really about building the team around me. And um, so at Romeo, I was involved with the battery pack side of things. And with Janus, it's more dealing directly with the truck fleets. Um, And we're starting really with the the fleets that service the ports here because they're they're really at the forefront of um, heavy duty trucks um, transitioning to zero emission. So I've had to learn a lot about the trucking industry. I didn't know much about that coming out of the traditional automotive, but you know, meeting with truck fleets um, and learning how they do business, what's important to them as a customer, how can we best service them? And are we meeting the needs of them? Um, and so it's, it's really been to roll up my sleeves, dig in, start learning a lot about the trucking industry. And I'll say that um, the other um, businesses that are doing similar type things around zero emissions in this area have been also very helpful. Um, it's kind of a little micro community. Um, mm-hmm. And so yeah. learning from each other has been fantastic.
0: So that's kind of cooperation, then, huh? You're mm-hmm. competitors, but you cooperate. That's great. You got to move the market some way because it's that's such sure. an entrenched. Okay. So what is it about Janus Electric and their approach that differentiates them in this space and will ultimately, do you believe, lead them to be successful here in the U.S.?
1: Right. So, um, so Janus Electric converts class eight, so the big semi-trucks uh, from diesel to battery electric. Uh, so it, it really gives fleet operators the option. So buying a brand new zero emission truck, whether it's battery electric or hydrogen fuel cell, um, it's very expensive to get into that and to buy a brand new one. Um, it can cost up to half a million dollars to buy one of those. And our option is we convert the their existing trucks. We can convert trucks up to 10 years old. So why get rid of a perfectly good truck that they're operating today um, when we can do? Uh, take out the engine, and then upfit it with a a battery electric powertrain and some batteries. Um, The other thing that's unique about what Janice is doing is um, our batteries are swappable batteries. So what we've heard from the trucking customers is they don't want the downtime of plugging in a heavy-duty truck for four hours. That's four hours that they can't use their asset to make money. Uh, So what our swappable batteries give them the opportunity to do is Um, When their battery is running low, they can pull up to their charging change station where they just simply replace the battery pack using a forklift, and then the truck's back on the road in less than five minutes. Uh, The other interesting thing is that charging those batteries external to the truck gives us the opportunity to pull power from the grid at off-peak times, um, and the batteries can be charged and ready during the day when it's peak energy time, so we're not competing with the energy pull for um, the fast charging units. And then also we could use renewables. So our first fleet we're working with here in, in Carson um, is going to use solar panels on the roof of their warehouse to charge their batteries. So taking the grid completely out of the discussion. So it's really innovative and a different approach and not uh, starting from scratch with a brand new truck. Let's just repower the ones that are already out there rather than sending them to the scrap yard or to selling it to selling a, emissions problem to the state next door.
0: So, so, so take me back to when you first heard about their value proposition. Mm-hmm. What was your initial react? Cause it, it sounds fantastic sure. in, in some ways. Yeah.
1: So my, my first impression was why is nobody else doing this? Okay. And there really is nobody else in the space with class eight retrofits. You'll find for smaller uh, class trucks, there's other, uh, upfitters, retrofitters. Um, out there doing that, um, and of which, um, when I was at Romeo, we sold the batteries to some of them. Um, really, this is this is the only one only company that's taking it at the class eight level. Um, so that, um, you know, I was thinking it's too good to be true. Um, but it, it, it's really taken off in Australia, and in Australia, it's taken off without um, government subsidies or incentives tied to it. So it really has shown that the business case works. Now, here in in California and and in the U.S., there are some incentives that are for companies that are going to zero emission trucks um, and some money that's tied to that, which just makes it even easier as a business model to sell. So now the trick is to scale the business and how do we build out the supply chain to meet all of the demand that is out there, driven primarily by um, the, the mandates that are out there in California, other states that have joined on, and then the ports have the the soonest deadlines to have these heavy duty trucks converted to zero emission.
0: So on one side, there's pressure from regulation to meet a certain emissions output on the other side, there's financial incentives offered by the government for companies Mm -hmm. to do this. And then you're sitting in the middle, um, trying to convince the, these, these truckers that Mm -hmm. that they, that your solution is the one they should consider. How do you get them started? Because now we're talking about a technology yep. adoption curve, right, Ann? And yep. getting people to change. Uh, what is Where are you finding the opportunity within the market people are most willing to invest in and give your solution a try?
1: So quite honestly, what I see out there is is people are trying all of the different technologies that are out there. And that's going to happen. I think across the board, nobody really knows what the answer is. The industry is still in its infancy, and it's start starting to take off. So you'll find the the big companies out there trying a little bit of battery electric, a little bit of fuel cell. Um, you know, even mm-hmm. maybe converting some of their existing trucks, and they're they're hedging their bets to see what is going to work best for their application. And not every application is the same. While fuel cell might be best for some trucking companies, battery electric might be best for others. And then our, our application may be best for other use cases. And it's really about what the customer, what do they need to do? What is their business model? And are we the best fit for them? And the feedback we've gotten from a lot of the fleets we've been talking to is the pure opportunity to have the swappable batteries makes the most sense to them. They don't have the long downtimes for charging. And then as cell technology advances, and that's really the biggest advances will happen in the next three to five years and the cell technology Um, For swappable batteries, as that technology advances, you just upgrade the battery and then you swap out to the latest and greatest technology. Whereas if you buy a battery electric truck that has the batteries as part of the truck structure itself, you're stuck with that truck for the lifetime of the truck. Where ours hedges on that technology advancing and how do we quickly adapt as the technology is advancing in cell science.
0: So how much of your success is not predicated, but indicated by what's happened in Australia or is the market so different scale, size, whatever, that you're actually kind of discovering it on your own as you're scaling the company here in the
1: US? No, I would say that um, Australia, it's a good reflection of um, our use case and it's showing customers here what works and that we have trucks on the road. We can show them real life. data analytics to show routes that trucks are taking, what the return on investment is for real life customers. Um, So that has made it a very easy sell here in in the US. Um, I get calls all the time. I had a call this morning with somebody from the UK that was interested in the technology, talked to people from Canada, um, Saudi Arabia. So um, I think that there are so many people looking for solutions in the zero emission trucking industry um, that they're looking at all the different options that are available and seeing what's right for their use case. So
0: I've had a number of early stage entrepreneurs over the years on the program. And one of the challenges mm-hmm. is you don't have infinite resources yet. Do you, Ann? And you no, have I to really, <laughs> right. As the president and CEO, you got to make sure you're putting your most wood behind the right arrowhead. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm getting calls from other markets. It's probably exciting, but does it fit where you are right now? And and how do you stay true to the opportunity that is presented to you?
1: Yeah, so I would say not right now. So right now, so one thing that I've learned is don't try to be everything to everybody. Good. We need to stay focused. And it's just Class 8. It's just this one product. This product can fit in the Class 8, any OEM uh, truck. So Mack truck, Peterbilt, Packard, Volvo truck. Um, our conversion kit will work with that. So just Class 8, that's a big enough pun- bit of the pie to bite off. <laughs> and then right. starting at the ports of LA, Long Beach, the Port of Oakland, the Port of San Diego, so the California ports, starting in January, you can't list a truck on the registry to enter the port unless it's zero emission. So they need solutions, they need them now and by 2035 all trucks entering the ports in California must be zero emission. So that's a very fast time frame that all of these Um, fleet servicing ports have to convert. And then the rest of the state has to be converted with heavy duty trucks. Um, I think it's by 2042. So that is driving the demand. And so really we're focused on California first. Um, It's good to know that we can um, have interest in all these other areas and we may eventually get there, but you're right. Capital is king right now. So how do we use our resources wisely um, to grow in a smart way? And most of the demand California is at the epicenter. So that's how uh, I'm happy to be here.
0: So you're, you're an automotive industry veteran and it, we call it the automotive industry, but yeah. it's a, it's the largest manufacturing industry in the country, right? And it, mm-hmm. it's so diversified, niches, et cetera. And you have great experience there, but how are there secrets that success in the automotive industry that you are bringing to Janus to leverage, you know, best practices, et cetera, mm-hmm. or is it, a true entrepreneurial startup where you're kind of inventing it as you go.
1: Now, what I'd say is um, the learnings taken from the traditional automotive manufacturing world is how products are designed, how products are manufactured, how products are launched and scaled. Um, And really, I'd say that my time um, at Ford, I was in purchasing and supplier development. Um, That was really where the most learnings came from. And it's how do you build a supply chain that has quality on time and meets the need to launch the product. So that is where the key for scaling really comes from. Um, And, you know, I spend a lot of time in supplier quality at Ford. I say, I've seen every part of a car made from brakes to tires to uh, (laughs) wheels, to headliners, to seats, you name it. I've seen it built and then how it all gets together. It still amazes me that that car starts at the end of the assembly line um, so really understanding how all the pieces have to work together, how engineering has to work with manufacturing, has to work with quality um, and sales to make sure everything is working together. So that's what I brought from the traditional automotive and bringing that into the startup world um, in the trucking aspect um, has really um, made it a lot more, um, you know, primed for success.
0: So you are really dependent on your supply base, aren't you? In what you're Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: You're only as good as the parts that you put together.
0: Right. And you're, you are doing a certain amount of the assembly, but you're, you're using a lot of components to take a, internal combustion engine, the diesel engine out of a truck and replace that. That sounds like open heart surgery in some ways.
1: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And if something, I mean, during COVID, I think we all learned what supply chain crisis means. Right. Um, And so how to um, make sure that we're hedging against that. And you have your plan A, your plan B and your plan C for suppliers in place.
0: Wow. So, In any of your roles, and certainly in this role, um, have you ever felt isolated? And if so, what have you done or what are you doing about it?
1: Yeah, so leading a company, leading um, operations, being a leader in general, uh, there are a lot of times that are isolating. um, And you have to be careful about who you share your frustrations or concerns with. Obviously, people that work for you. Um, there's some things you can't share with them. So where do I go? So um, one thing that I did here in Orange County is I joined a Vistage group and um, that has been invaluable. Just having other um, industry leaders as part of our CEO peer group um, that have no interest in anything other than (laughs) making each other successful. We don't compete with each other, but we can share similar type stories. And then our, our leader for the, the group, she's been an amazing, um, coach and mentor um, to me as well. And I know that anytime I am frustrated, I can reach out to her or if I need a referral for um, you know, an industry person, an accounting firm that's local here. She's been very helpful with that as well. So, um, so that has been a very valuable group to join. And we learn from each other. There's speakers that come in and, and it's been fantastic.
0: I applaud you for spending a part of your busy month working to sharpen the saw.
1: Yeah, we say that that's working on the business, not in the business. And that you have to do as a leader.
0: Michael Gerber came Mm -hmm. up with that. And I think that is so true. And and to be around people who I have to imagine there aren't many, excuse me, others in your space that are doing something similar to what you're doing, are they? No,
1: no. But there's others that are close to startups and they've been great resource for questions that I have as far as, you know, employment law in California or what, what's the tax situation here? or How do you do this? And so having people to bounce ideas off of um, like that, that, you know, even if it's a different industry, a lot of the day to day stuff is the same.
0: Right. You are doing business in the same market, California. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, speaking about advice and insight have you ever been given a piece of business advice that's foundational or is there something that you give to others and would you share that with our audience today?
1: Yeah. So one piece of advice that stuck with me was from, um, a CEO of a tier one automotive supplier I worked for. And what he had told me was as the leader of a company, always be mindful when you speak up in a meeting, um, because once people hear your opinion, it, it can, um, Change the trajectory of the conversation. So give others a chance to talk. Let the discussion play out before I share my opinion. Um, and that's something that I've, I've stayed mindful to and um, really taken to heart um, as as, um, as a leader. It's something that's important. Um, I think one piece of advice that I, I give other people is um, is to network. Um, we, you know, as much as we like to think we know everything, we don't. Um, and keeping <laughs> that network. Open learning um, from each other and and being open to sharing with others, I think, is a very valuable skill to to have and to use. Um, and while I might be able to help somebody today, they might be my biggest resource tomorrow. And keeping those those ties open is, is um, some advice that I give to other people as well.
0: Yeah, I think of that as collective intelligence. Like everybody contributes to it, and you're. I'm sure in your vintage room. The combined intelligence of the group is pretty powerful. Where any one individual, you know, is just contributing a piece of to that greater good, which is yeah. which is awesome. Speaking of intelligence, I'm wondering: have you started to see, or what do you anticipate the impact of artificial intelligence being in your space?
1: Yeah. So where I see um, AI playing in in our space is more in the data analytics. So the all of the data. Coming out of the battery performance, um, the the, the truck performance, how the two systems are working together, having AI to optimize that, um, I think will be where it is best suited in our industry. And it'll become a big part of it. Um, So managing it through the software side of things and how to optimize the routes, optimize the battery charging. Um, So I think that there will be a big play there.
0: We're just on the force forefront of, I think, exciting times relative to what this technology is going to be able to do for businesses. Yeah, I, I'm re- I very excited about it. So let's talk about the future. Yeah. What, what, what do you see as the future for Janus Electric?
1: Yeah, so I see Janus Electric as a uh, player in the class eight uh, zero emission truck space. I see us growing significantly in California And then in the next, say, three to five years, um, growing outside of California, growing into other markets in the U.S. in Canada. Um, I also see that we'll have um, a presence in Europe. I think that the demand there and their government requirements are very stringent. So there'll be a strong pull on that side as well. So, um, you know, the next year or two, I think we'll pretty much be focused here in the California area. Um, After that, we'll grow across the U.S., now, whether it will stay as short haul, regional haul type trucks, or if cell science advances to a way that we can get 700 miles on a battery charge, which I see will happen in the next three to five years, um, then it may become an option for long haul as well. But we'll have to see how the uh, science plays out. But right now, we'll be focused short term on the uh, the short to, to medium range haul.
0: Right. And it feels like w- while there is competition, as you said, with mm-hmm. others in your space, there will be winners and there will be, there'll be dominant play. There's market share to be gained, right?
1: There you go. Yeah. There'll be dominant players. And, and we, there will always be the traditional OEMs um, with their zero electric truck offering, and they will be out there in the space and they will be the probably the main players right now. They are themselves trying to scale up their own production of zero emission trucks. And they just cannot make enough to meet the demand that is mm. out here um, to meet the requirements of the timing. Uh, for all of the trucks that have to be changed over and converted. So there's going to, it's a big enough space out there for lots of different options. I think all those options are going to play out um, and there's room enough in this space for, for many different players. So Janice uh, will be part of it for sure.
0: I love the fact that you're taking existing fleets and, and modernizing them that way and making them green and zero emissions. I mean, that seems yeah. like a very interesting value proposition that I'm sure Prospects are taking your phone calls to at (laughs) least have the conversation.
1: Well, there's still that carbon debt for the manufacturing of the truck and all of that product that we still owe. So we have to pay off that carbon debt. So using it for its full life, fantastic.
0: So if someone would like to connect with you, Anne, or learn more about Janna's Electric, where should they go?
1: Yeah, so they can look up on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on LinkedIn Um, and Janice Electric. We also have a lot of videos out on YouTube. If anybody wants to go take a look, um, just search up Janice Electric. And there's tons of videos on our product, on our shop, how we build, how we swap batteries. Um, So yeah, that's a good way to find out about Janice and then myself on LinkedIn.
0: Well, I want to thank you for being a guest on today's show. I really enjoyed it.
1: Oh, thanks again, Rick, for having me.
0: I'd like to thank the audience. You've been a part of Orange County's longest running business talk show Ann's interview is a part of our catalog with over 1,400 interviews with entrepreneurs. And if you're an Orange County entrepreneur and you have a story to tell and you'd like to share it on our platform, then reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm Rick Franzi, R-I-C-F-R-A-N-Z-I. Coincidentally, that's my website, rickfranzi.com. And until the next time we have a chance to be together, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction.